Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. The King and His Kingdom. If you have your Bibles, let's open them up. Or your devices, we want to write, get into a scripture. If you'd look up Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17. While you're finding Luke chapter 17, and you want to make sure you uh, put a finger there and mark it, we're going to spend some time there. We are starting the series on the kingdom of God, and, and I want to let you know why this is so important for the season of our church. And before we go there, I do want to just encourage you something about worship. And uh, how many people loved worship this morning? It's amazing. But I found myself feeling this way, like maybe many, many of you do. It's like, okay, we're pressing and we're pressing in. Oh, I feel like, oh, that was so good. That's enough. And the reality of that is, is I just realized that it's I need to grow in my capacity to continue to worship the Lord in greater ways, in deeper ways. And I want to, where's Mark? I'm just going to take the handheld microphone, if there's somebody around who can grab that for me. And as, as we go into those deeper places, it's like building capacity where you, you're going to need to find ways to press in a little bit more. Because it's, did you realize that we sang the first three songs? It was great. We're worshiping him. But it wasn't until we pressed in a little bit further did we find that God was doing, the Holy Spirit was doing something deeper in our lives. Thank you so much. As we, as we press in a little bit further, we, we realize that then the Holy Spirit, and I don't know how that really works. Does the Holy Spirit get closer to us or we just become more open to him? But there's something that takes place that, is, that wasn't there at the first three songs, but became there after we pressed in. And I, I want to make sure that as a church body, we continue to grow in our our expression to the Lord, and in our capacity to worship Him in deeper ways. Talking about growth, I also want to commend those of you who are finishing up your Rooted uh, class today. How many people are in the Rooted class? Raise your hand all throughout here. And thank you, John, for leading that uh, Rooted class. And congratulations. Gives them a big hand. I want to say Rooted is a, is a discipleship um, a class that we'll be doing again back in the fall. But we want everybody to take that, and today's their last class. And again, thank you, John, for leading that, uh, that group. And I commend you guys. You did a service project as well yesterday, and, and it was amazing to see what God's doing through that. But the kingdom of God, and, and the kingdom of God is so important to understand because we spend so much of our life living in a tangible world where we touch, look, see, and in many ways that is a reality, but it is only partial reality. Because there is an equal real reality, and it's a spiritual reality, and it's called the kingdom of God. And there's also a kingdom of darkness. A uh, kingdom of this world, 
And then there's this kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, as the Bible talks about. Jesus spent the majority of his time talking about the kingdom. He's the king. Jesus is the king talking about this kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. Now, when I was a kid, I thought the kingdom of heaven was, oh, we have to wait till we die to experience this kingdom. And then later realizing that that was not true. Actually, the kingdom of God can be experienced here and now. But there are things that we must do to enter into the kingdom. And then our lives must also reflect something as we live into this kingdom. We live in a stage, in an age, where God is challenging his church, and he's raising up a church to do something for him. He wants to see his kingdom be multiplied. Not, he's not looking for just a bunch of people to go to church. All right. Because when we begin to understand this, we'll realize that maybe we've had scales on our eyes that need to fall off to see something differently than what we've seen before. I'm going to address those who are watching live stream right now. I want to let you know that this is the last chance you'll be able to see this message live streamed for the duration of the series, and I'll tell you why. We really believe that it's super important that we're in community, that we're growing together, that we are understanding this together. That we're just not isolated in our homes or in our hotel rooms. And I understand if you are on vacation and you can't be in service, we do tape it. You can watch it later in the week. Additionally, we are opening up a Thursday night service for you as well. Not this coming week. First week in July, you'll have a Thursday night service option. There you go. And these messages will be preached on Thursday night as well. And so we, don't, we are so committed to make sure that you don't miss what the Lord is trying to do in this body, that we've opened up other options for you, but we also believe that it's so important for you to be connected. So when Jesus was on earth, he was the one who actually ushered in his kingdom. Now, prior in Old Testament, the kingdom of God was kind of somewhat trying to be visualized by the building of the tabernacle. You had the uh, inner courts, outer courts. You had the, um, the ceremonial sacrifices and the lampstands and the basins. And they were all symbolic of things, of, of a representation of what was in heaven. And then the temple was built, same thing, a representation of what was in heaven on earth. And then Jesus, and that was never enough. That was never sufficient. And you have the chosen people, the Israelites, and then Jesus comes on the scene and basically ushers in the kingdom of God. Now when Jesus left, he turned that over to the Holy Spirit and to his church. And so today we have the the Spirit of God, and that's what we encountered here this morning in worship. We, we pressed in, we were singing, and then immediately you saw the room erupt, right? And then all of a sudden it was because the Spirit of God was interacting with us and trying to encourage us. And some he was ministering to your hurts and your pain, and others he was encouraging you in a certain area. And the Spirit of God is, is now working in his church but Jesus, who's the king of this kingdom, he is wanting to establish his kingdom here on earth. And he's asked us, his church, 
to partner with him in doing that. Now in Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17 says this. The Pharisees were asking Jesus, remember these Pharisees were the religious guys, it says, when will the kingdom of God begin? And Jesus replied to them, the kingdom of God isn't ushered in with visible signs. You won't be able to say it has begun here in this place or there in that part of the country for the kingdom of God is within you. That's Luke chapter 17, 20 through 21. The important part of this is understanding where the kingdom of God resides and how it is ushered in. You can't then say this is, oh, here is his castle where this is his kingdom. Now, interestingly enough, the kingdom of God, God spoke to me about the kingdom of God through a Barbie movie. I know some of you think, and we're following him? <laughs> well, when my daughter was young, we used to watch some Barbie movies. And I remember there was this, this awful king, and in this kingdom, there was like people were all sorrowful and dirty and walking around, and everything was dead, and everything was gray, and there's no paint in this city, and the streets were dirty. And that was kind of the beginning scene, and, and here the... Barbie and her Prince Charming, I guess, at some point in time, come into the city, and a new king is established, a good king, a king that wants to bless the people and prosper the people and establish a kingdom that where there's joy and, and peace. And at the end of the movie, you see that this city is thriving with flowers and everything's painted now, and people, the kids are running around giggling, and there's plenty of food in this kingdom. And God spoke to me and said, you know, that's what happens with, when you just try to live in this world. It, it looks all good on the outside, but really on the inside of the hearts, it's just, it's black. It's this filled with sorrow and depression. And, and but, but I want to establish my kingdom in the hearts of men and women. And when Jesus is the king, you'll find that the, the evidence of that is that there's joy and there's peace and there's life and there's freedom. And yet, the world walks around pursuing the kingdom of the world, and they're wondering why they are filled with such desperation and depression and hopelessness and emptiness. Jesus goes on and tells another story. A lot of his stories about the kingdom are in the parables, and we're going to take a parable each week and, and break that down so we understand what this kingdom of God is. And what are the qualities and how do we live in this? And in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus also gives another parable. Parable is just a story that Jesus uses real tangible things that are familiar to people in that culture. But he wraps around the spiritual concept to that story. And so he uses a story of a parable, the parable of a sower. And he goes on and he's talking about how a sower, a person who has seeds and he sows, some will fall on a path, rocky soil, some will spread out quickly, some will then be planted deeply in good soil and will produce something. And 
He has to go on to explain this because people don't understand what he's talking about. He says this in, in chapter 13, verse 11. To you it has been given to know the secret of the kingdom of heaven. And I would say to you, church, church, it is a season for us to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. For too long we have been doing church. We've been getting through life. And I understand I'm a part of this equation. But for some reason, the season that God is bringing us to is he's saying, you know what? It's time for you to understand really what's at stake. It's time for you to understand that you need to live a little bit differently. And it comes by understanding. It comes by understanding this kingdom of heaven. And so he goes on and explains it this way. And I'm going to read this to you from, from the living Bible, today's living Bible. It says this way. And he gives the explanation of the parable with his Matthew chapter 13, verse 18. Now here is the explanation of the story I told about the farmer planting grain. The hard path where some of the seeds fell represents the heart of a person who hears the good news about the kingdom and does not understand it. Can you all say understand it? It's important. Then Satan comes and snatches away the seed from his heart. The shallow, rocky soil represents the heart of man who hears the message and receives it with real joy, but he doesn't have much depth in his life, and the seed don't root very deeply. And after a while, when trouble comes or persecution begins, because of his belief, his enthusiasm fades and he drops out. The ground covered with thistles represents a man who hears the message, but then the cares of life and his longing for money choke out God's word. And he does less and less for God. The good ground represents the heart of a man who listens to the message and understands it and goes out and brings in 30, 60, or even 100 others into the kingdom. So the question is, where do you fall into this story? What seed? Seeds have been planted in each one of you, and you need to understand where you fall in this story. And I want to say, I want every single one of us not to be caterpillars, but pillars by being the good seed that fell on good soil that gets planted deeply. And that's why we've also helped by establishing this rooted program that helps us understand how to develop our faith and walk completely. But I would also say it's not only understanding and education, it is living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But interestingly, says the good ground represents a heart of a man or woman who listens to the message and understands it, and it goes out to bring in 30, 60, or even 100 into the kingdom. And I would ask this question, how many people have you brought into the kingdom? He starts by 30. Anybody here brought 30 people? Don't raise your hand. I don't want pride to kind of get in the way there. A good pride. 60. How many people brought 100 into the kingdom of God? According to Jesus' explanation, there are three things. You're going to see this up there. Three things needed to belong to God's kingdom from this parable. 
One, it's understanding. Two, it's commitment. And three, total devotion to God's word. See, it starts by understanding the word of God. And, and honestly, that is one of our jobs. As a pastor, my job is to help you understand the word of God and apply it to your life. And so you can get well, well planted in your heart. The other one is commitment, because here's the reality. If that seed of God, the word of God just plants a little bit and you're kind of like, ah, a little bit in, out, caterpillar, not pillar. You know, I I kind of like, I got church over here, but I'm going to play over here in the world. But yet when things get too tough, I just kind of like crumble. But are you committed to the word of God? Are you committed to Jesus? That you press in in difficult times, that you don't waver and fall off the wagon. And then lastly, devoted. See, like the sea that falls among the thistles, a faith of the person who's not totally devoted will succumb to the pettiness of worldly life, the desires for wealth, for power, for status, or whatever else you're pursuing that's not of God. My question is, how much do you understand the word? How committed are you to the word? And how devoted are you to Jesus and his word? And I would say one to another. Well, there's a couple other parables or other stories that Jesus uses to understand the kingdom of God. So I think it's so fitting to we understand that, that making sure that we're all in the kingdom of God first before we pursue this ongoing of this series. Okay, we want to make sure we're all in, right? We're all a part of the kingdom of God. Well, there are three steps that are important to be a part of the kingdom of God. But let me just, be, go, before I go there, remember the three words we had were devotion, understanding, committed, and devoted, right? So that is why for the next several weeks, I want you to, I'm going to give you a little action plan here. If you're writing these down, I almost forgot to tell you. If you're writing these down, this is the thing, understanding. I want you to go back to the verses that we share on Sunday, and I want you to open your Bible in the middle of the week and read those verses multiple times that we've given you. That means you're going to have to take notes and write those verses down. For some of you, it feels like I'm in class again. And don't, don't be too worried about it. You'll be fine. All right, so I want you to gain understanding because the Holy Spirit can give you understanding. So pray before you read the scripture and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. What is this scripture saying? And then you're going to say, how does my life live, match up to what I'm reading? And allow the Holy Spirit to bring some understanding to that. We're also asking you to be committed to attend every single week for this series that you are not away on vacation. I want you to turn to a neighbor and say, I am going to be committed. All right, I just put pressure on you. You've spoken it. And third, we want you to be we want to you to devote yourself to one another, to the word of God. And devote yourself to whatever the Lord speaks to you, that you put your hand to it and you do it. Okay, here we go. Making sure everybody's in the kingdom. So there's three things to ensure that everybody's in the kingdom. And if for some reason you don't fit one of these bills, 
when I give them to you, I'm going to give you an opportunity before this service ends for you to make sure that you're in the kingdom of God. Three necessary steps to enter the kingdom of God. You can write these down. Number one, being born again. Being born again. I'm going to give you scriptures to this. But I want you first to get these down. Being born again. If you want to put a scripture to this one, it's John 3, 3 through 7. The next one is being willing to change or turn from your sins. I find that the decision is easy sometimes, but then actually repenting is the hard part. Repenting is turning away from your sin. But if you're truly born again, you truly experience this new life, you're not going to want to have anything to do with your old life. You see, making a decision for Jesus is not being a disciple of Jesus. That one's worth repeating. Making a decision for Jesus is not being a disciple of Jesus. It's easy to say, yeah, 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 I'll raise my hand. I want to follow Jesus and then just go live your life not following Jesus. Like, I, I want to make sure I'm going to heaven. Well, by the way, there's, there's not like a magic prayer to make you go to heaven. It's kind of what gets you to heaven is realizing that Jesus is the king of your life. He's the Lord of your life, which means you follow his kingdom ways. And we follow his word. And number three, become like a child. What? I got to become like a child to do this? I'm going to get all goofy and stuff like that. I don't know. No, not like that. There's something. Well, I don't know if I've ever had that voice before. That was kind of interesting. Oh, you guys bring out the best of me. Thank you so much. Well, let's get some scriptures around this, okay? So in John chapter 3, this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus, who's saying, hey, how can I be... Oh, so he says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. So a couple things in this. One is being born again. And number two, the being born again helps us to understand and see the kingdom. But didn't Jesus just say it doesn't come with visible signs? Yes, but you'll know when you're in the kingdom of God. Because the signs will be you have peace in your life. You'll have contentment. You'll have joy. You'll have purpose. You'll hear, begin to hear the voice of God in your life. The Holy Spirit. So this was Nicodemus. He says, well, how can, how can an old man like me be born again? You know, do I crawl back up into the mother's womb and boop, back out again? No, Jesus says. No, this is, you have to be born of the Spirit, is what he's saying. One, you're born of the flesh. He says, born of water, which is born of the flesh. And then he goes on and said, but you must be born again in a spiritual way. You must be born again. Okay, then Matthew 18, verse 3, he says, Truly I tell you, unless you change... And putting in parentheses, some translations talk about turn from your sins and become like little children. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That word never should scare you. <laughs> Matthew eighteen thirty. What? Why is he saying never enter the kingdom of heaven? What are the qualities of becoming like a child? 
And it says, unless you change, unless you change, unless you repent, unless you turn from your sins, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what I'm not talking about is perfection. Because I'm the first one to tell you, I'm not perfect, and neither are you. There are times that I still sin, and so do you. But we should always be pursuing Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction to our hearts, but we must respond to his conviction to bring repentance and go the other direction. Otherwise, we will not be able to be in the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. But what does this mean to become like a little child, like little children? I asked this question around the dinner table uh, this week, and my 11-year-old said, I think you need an imagination. I think you need an imagination. And I, I, love, that, I love that thought. My other kids had some different thoughts, and there were great thoughts as well. They were thinking about like, okay, well, if a, like a parent and a child, what's that relationship like? Well, a child chooses to place themselves under mom and dad's authority, and they're not going to like, as a five-year-old, decide, hey, I'm going to go get in the car and just start taking off somewhere. No, they, they kind of realize where they're at in their life, and, and they're not going to make all the decisions, and, and they're, they're deferring to mom and dad to make a lot of the decisions, and, and yet as they grow and mature... So we can talk about a faith like a child. They know that mom and dad is always going to look care for them and they don't have to worry about what to eat and, and they don't have to worry about where they're going to sleep at night for the most part. And, and, but, but imagination, I love that word imagination because it means that you've got to have some sense of faith because faith is in the seeing things, well, believing in things you don't see, Right? Faith. You've got to have faith to realize that what we experienced during worship when the Holy Spirit moved through us, that that was the Holy Spirit. And that when we realize that when we hear that whisper speaking to us, that we don't see it, we don't see a, a note all of a sudden posted on our car, signed by God or signed by the Holy Spirit. You, you have that little whisper, that, that unction that's like, I need to respond to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And begin to imagine, what is this like, God, to live in your kingdom? What have you called us to? If the worship team wants to come at this time, I, I want to make sure that each one of us, first and foremost, understands what it is to live in this kingdom and what they're saying yes to. What they're saying yes to is understanding that, that in this kingdom there is a king. Hence the title of the series, The King and His Kingdom. The King is King Jesus. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. He, he chose to leave his authority in heaven, come to earth and model his life for us. And show us the way to our Father in heaven and to place himself back as a king and asking us to place ourselves underneath his authority. But he loves us and he cares for us and he's asking us to give up the kingdom of this world and enter a new kingdom, the kingdom of God. 
And in, these, in this kingdom of God is going to be some things that he's asking us to do. He's asking us to come like a child, to say, are you, are you going to not live your own life, determining your own way? But are you going to say, what, Jesus, what, what way would you want me to live? And he says, start cracking open the Bible. It's filled with my ways. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He'll bring conviction, and, and, and that's filled with my ways. And we choose to defer to him and not long, no longer live for ourselves, but live for the king in his kingdom. It's going to take a little imagination. But I also want to encourage you that we need to change from our ways. The, the season is not to be able to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Or one foot, hey, I, 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 Jesus is my get-out-of-jail-free card. When things are really bad, I go to Jesus. But the rest of the time, I'm, I'm just kind of living for myself. He says, unless you change your ways, you turn from your sins, not perfection. But when he brings that conviction in your heart, you're willing to respond to him. You won't enter this kingdom of heaven. You must be born again. You must choose to say it's, I I can't save myself. I'm choosing to place myself underneath Jesus and and have a spiritual awakening, a spiritual being born into the kingdom of God to become sons and daughters into this kingdom. But to belong to this kingdom, we need this understanding, this commitment and total devotion to God's word. Church, the season is such where he's asking every single one in this congregation to become pillars for a world, to be lights in the dark places. And no longer can we just get through life. No longer can we just have our day jobs and go to church on Sunday and feel good that we're somehow living this life that God has for us. It's a time that we're all in, not partially in. Remember in Revelation, it says either I would rather you hot or cold, but lukewarm, I spit you out of my mouth. Why? Because lukewarm just allows you to check boxes. Lukewarm just kind of allows you to kind of go through life. Cold, he knows where you're at. You're just kind of living for yourself. He knows what to do with that. But he goes, I want you hot. I want you on fire for me. I want you to be able to produce like the parable of the sower that you're bringing 30, 60, 100 people into the kingdom of God. Why? Because you've had an opportunity to say, I've encountered the living God and I'm living in this kingdom of God that has this unsurpassable peace that passes all understanding. And I have this joy that bubbles up that's so contagious and people are saying, what is it that you have? And you're saying, this is what my life used to be before I found Jesus. And this is where my life is today with Jesus. Would you like to follow this Jesus? And one after one, start coming to know Christ. And we get them rooted and planted deeply and so that they can continue to find what it means to live in this kingdom of God here and now. They don't need to wait to go to heaven to experience the fullness of God. They can experience it here and now. So anybody who says, I don't know if I'm in this kingdom and I want to be in, today I'm going to help you be born again. 
but it will require you to change, to repent, become like a child. I've just gotten more bold lately because I feel like the season is such that it's not time for playing games. So my boldness requires me to, to respond. Yes, you can clap for that. To respond to these invitations in a very open way because the commitment you're making should be a commitment amongst your church family or amongst even if you're a guest today, amongst this family who will love you and care for you and help you on this journey. So if you want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you want to be assured that you are going to be in this kingdom of God, that you want to experience the qualities of the King, you want to be born again, would you raise your hand? I'm going to just go by each section. Anybody here? Raise your hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You put your hand down. Anybody here? This section. Want to ensure that you're in the kingdom of God. Thank you so much. Thank you. Put your hand down. Anybody right here? This is your moment. Your heart's pitter-patter, pitter-patter. Anybody right here? Just put up your hand. I'll pray with you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? There's hesitation right there, but if you're not ready, that's fine. Anybody on this side? Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you. Okay. One more chance on this side. Anybody else who has not raised their hand, raise it up right now. Ensure that you're in the kingdom of God. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Now, by the way, this prayer is not the magic bullet, but it's the starting point. It's the starting point. Then you're going to have to live for him. You're going to have to stay connected to a body to help you grow. What it means, now you're going to be a child of the king. You're going to be citizens of this kingdom. So this is simply what you say, and each one of us can be remembered of this. Let's all pray together. Jesus Christ, I want to follow you. I want to follow your word. I want you to the king of my life. Today I repent. I'm going to change my ways to be more in alignment with the word of God. I'm going to open the Bible and read your word. I'm going to do what it says. I become like a child, knowing that you're going to look after me. And I'm going to have my imagination grow that I might be able to see this kingdom of God expand before my very eyes. And that I will be used by you, God, to reach others for you, to see your kingdom expand. In Jesus' name, amen. So those of you who all raised your hands, so Victoria, Victoria, we had this conversation. Victoria, here somewhere? Come on up here, Victoria, for a moment, just right here. I want to make sure that everybody who raised their hand, you can do this right now. Fill out one of the cards in the seat back pockets. 
take time. Do not leave today without filling out a card and Victoria's going to stay up here and that you give that card to Victoria because it is our responsibility to help you walk into this decision that you've made. That if you have questions, we're going to answer your questions. But now you've begun this journey. We, we want you to grow in your understanding of the kingdom of God. We don't want you to be the seed that falls on, a, on the rocky soil where you make a quick decision and then all of a sudden you're snatched back out again. We want to make sure you're well planted, well grounded, and growing strong in your relationship with Jesus. So Victoria's going to be up here. Also, we're going to, just so you know, we're going to sing a song. Right after the song, we're going to have a time of ministry. I believe that many of you are going through some difficult times, and we want to make sure that we have an opportunity to pray for you, to encourage you, to build you up, to know that you do not need to go through life alone, that you've got people who are with you. We know that the Spirit of God is with you. But if you need healing, you're going through difficult times, whatever it is, we're going to have an opportunity to pray for you after this. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 